0: This is a WKYT podcast.
1: Good morning from WKYT News. I'm Bill Bryant, and we welcome you to Kentucky Newsmakers. Hope you're enjoying your weekend. Later, Democratic U.S. Senate candidate Amy McGrath and human resources expert Lyle Hanna will join us. But first, we've had some tough days lately as the fight against COVID-19 continues. After seeing some decreases, the numbers of cases now starting to go up again. Dr. Craig Humbaugh has been a huge part of fighting the spread of COVID-19 in Lexington. He's the city's health COMMISSIONER AND HE JOINS US NOW TO TALK ABOUT WHAT COMES NEXT AS THE BATTLE AGAINST CORONAVIRUS CONTINUES. Uh, DR. Umbaugh, THANK YOU VERY MUCH FOR BEING WITH US. WE APPRECIATE IT. GOOD TO BE WITH YOU HERE, BILL. HOW WOULD YOU DESCRIBE WHERE THINGS STAND IN THIS BATTLE IN LEXINGTON RIGHT NOW?
0: Well as you've said, it's been a busy time for us and many others in the community as we fight the pandemic. I wish I had better news, Bill, but unfortunately, uh, our tra- trajectory of cases is continuing to rise here in Lexington. So you know we've had now nearly 2,300 uh, cases of COVID-19 in Lexington residents that have been reported since the pandemic began um, and cases more than doubled in June as well as deaths more than doubled in June. A third of our cases already, a third of our total cases have already just been reported in July alone. Um, so that tells you how fast um, we are seeing new cases here in Lexington. Um, and we're just, you know, about what, halfway through our month.
1: Why do you um, think cases are going up?
0: Well, cases are going up uh, mainly because there's more interaction with people. People are having more social interactions. People are back at work, at many businesses. Uh, people are interacting with others at uh, restaurants socially. Um, and that's the way the virus spreads. So. Um, If folks are not taking precautions, then it's much easier for the virus to to spread from one person to the next.
1: In your view and you're a pediatrician and uh, have been a state health commissioner. You're the commissioner here in Fayette County, so public health has been a large part of uh, your career. How important uh, is wearing a mask?
0: It's very important. It's one of the simple things that we can do to slow down the spread of, of COVID-19 here in Lexington. So uh, masks are great in terms of, uh, are, are good. The literature showed in terms of uh, source control. And uh, by that we mean um, they can trap uh, virus that's being expelled from somebody who's, uh, who's infected, who's shedding virus. And one of the challenges that we're having, Bill, is that um, first of all, uh, people can start shedding virus and become infectious or contagious a couple of days before they become symptomatic. And then our other challenge is that Uh, A third uh, or so of folks are asymptomatic or have very mild symptoms in terms of our cases here in Lexington. And so therefore, many people may not understand that they are contagious to others. And that mask is helping um, to prevent the spread to others because it's trapping the virus. And there's some recent evidence to suggest that it could also be protecting the mask wearer from others, but that that data is not as solid as as the other data.
1: Has the politicizing of masks surprised you? You know, we've had the, the mandates of, uh, from a state yeah. government and then the lawsuits regarding that and been uh, people have gotten uh, very upset and, and and made this sort of into a political issue when it is a health issue.
0: Well, certainly from a public health standpoint, we think it's a simple, easy thing for folks to do. And of course, there are different types of masks, but people can even make their own cloth masks at home from a bandana or another piece of cloth. Uh, so uh, I think this is something that, that is doable and we need to just as a society become more accustomed to wearing masks when we go out in public. The mayor has issued uh, a recent call to action for the community. Uh, for uh, us all to wear masks and we have to remember to do that along with physical distancing and good hand washing and staying at home when we're sick.
1: Does the delay in getting test results uh, concern you Uh, as people uh, go maybe they're tested and it's several days (laughs) to a week or more (laughs) before they find out?
0: Yeah Uh, and and that has been an ongoing issue although I think in most testing centers that uh, tests are coming back more quickly than they were before at the beginning of the pandemic. But certainly uh, we want to try to find out about results sooner rather than later. We ask people to stay home if they've been tested until they, real, until they receive their test results. Uh, but sooner people can if know their results, then uh, sooner we can interview them and uh, we can have them in isolation and also um, identify their close contacts.
1: The start of the school year is uh, rapidly approaching. Uh, it is just unclear uh, how that's going to go. What are your thoughts as mm-hmm. to whether uh, we can have in-person classes or whether it's going to need to be online or if it can be some combination?
0: Right. Well, I, I, This is a really challenging issue that all of our school districts are grappling with. Um, there are some really complex issues here. We, I think we all have to realize that anytime we walk outside our front door, our risk of COVID-19 increases, and there's not really any zero risk situations when you're talking about um, interactions in the community, and school is no exception. However, certainly plans can be made to reduce those risks, and I think it's a delicate balance on what we're willing to accept in terms of physical contact weighed against the advantages of children um, you know being in the classroom so there are disadvantages of folks not being in children not being in the classroom and being taught that way and we have to weigh that with, um, with the risk that they're going to be in, in contact with somebody potentially with COVID-19. Um, I don't think there are easy answers to this question at all and I think different school districts will come up with uh, different plans but I know that a lot of smart people um, are, are looking at this issue they're examining it and I think I, I'm confident that they will come up with some good doable workable plans
1: And you know you have told us we are in this for the long haul Dr. Humboldt thank you for uh, taking some time to update us we appreciate it very much Yeah, thank you, Bill. Appreciate you. The Fayette County Health Commissioner, Dr. Craig Humball. Stay with us now. HR expert Lyle Hanna will talk to us about what's going on in the workplaces in the middle of all of this, and later, U.S. Senate candidate Amy McGrath on Kentucky Newsmakers. And welcome back to Kentucky Newsmakers. This has been a tough time for both employers and employees. So how do Kentucky businesses and their workers cooperate and function as a team in a time like this? Some people are out of a job. Many others are working from home. How do employers balance safety with the need to get things done while also keeping employees' families in mind? And toughest of all, how do businesses and employees handle things when they have to part ways? Human resources expert Lyle Hanna is joining us. He has a remarkable career spanning more than 35 years, and now heads up Hanna Resource Group, where he advises companies around the world. Lyle, thank you so much for being with us. We do appreciate it very much.
2: Oh, what a pleasure to join you today.
1: You know, we're in the middle of something that uh, nobody's experienced before, uh, who's out there in the workforce right now. We were all clicking along, and then the pandemic. How disruptive has this been uh, to companies and their employees?
2: Boy, it has been a wild ride. So many unexpected things. And, uh, but people are knuckling down and getting a handle on it. And we need to do it with everything we do from church to school to, to work. And uh, we're getting there, but it's taken some effort.
1: You know, many shifted uh, fast and learned a lot uh, very quickly to harness technology to uh, keep going, such as the way we're operating here. I mean, lots of uh, Zoom meetings and so forth. Uh, What has been the big challenges for those uh, working from home uh, in terms of uh, uh, overcoming the barriers and, you know, feeling like they're part of the team?
2: Boy, yeah, so that's a big deal. Working from home has really set up a whole new Uh, Activity for people and for employers. They had to figure out who can do it. What kind of distractions do they have at home? Do they have the technology to be able to work at home? Um, You know, if you call Spectrum nowadays, the people that come to your house are not the people that usually go to houses. They go to businesses, but the businesses aren't calling them anymore. Everybody's converted to doing home internet. Mm -hmm. Uh, So everybody's had to upgrade and make sure it's working consistent and all that. But anyway, just so many things like that and more. Be glad to share some more thoughts, but that's a big, big change to have. So many people working from home, but you know what? Over these like 16 or 18 weeks, people are becoming very efficient at it.
1: Have you been surprised um, by that? By how well people have adapted to this uh, sudden shift?
2: You say, have people adapted to this? Yeah,
1: I mean, have you been surprised by how well they have adapted? Oh,
2: yes, I have been. And I tell you, employers are even more surprised. <laughs> I have employers that. We're not in favor of working from home. They they let people do it, of an only when an absolute necessity. And now they've called me. I'm talking to them regularly, and they go, "This is kind of unbelievable. We have projects on our list for two and three years that we never could get to, and they're done. They're getting done. You know, because one thing is, people don't have a governor on at home. They their alarm goes off at seven. They roll over, look at their phone, and by George, they've got messages. So they start working on them. And they're still working at 530. Nobody's saying, let's go home, let's go get, uh, get a drink, let's go, whatever. It was it, The first couple of months, it was really crazy. People were overworking,
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, but they were getting a lot done. And employers were getting projects finished that they had not been able to finish in the normal work hours.
1: So it has been eye-opening to employers to see uh, how efficient this can be, huh?
2: Absolutely. In a pause in a lot of positive ways, employees who never thought they'd want to do this, are saying kind of embracing it now. This is pretty good. Do you- and uh, a lot of people are given choices about, you know, you can come back or can you, do you want to keep working from home? You can balance that. Do some in the office, some at home. So we're, we're adjusting to it.
1: Do you think once this is over that there will be more uh, people who work from home and, and fewer people uh, in office spaces? Uh- I,
2: I think absolutely one of my big clients is the largest commercial real estate property manager in central Kentucky and I've talked with him and he said, this is going to be interesting when you're at work, you need more space. That's a good thing for him, but if not as many people come back to work, that's not so good for him, yeah. so he's trying to figure out what's going to be next, you know, Yeah. and um, you know, some are going to need more space and some are going to need less space. It's going to be interesting. What They're advice?
1: Be, yeah, what, what advice are you giving to companies who do have to uh, resort to layoffs and furloughs because the business can't support their payroll? How hard is it for managers to uh, deliver that tough news?
2: Well, it is tough news and you've got to coach first your managers and your hr staff how do you do this thing some of them have done it but a lot of them we haven't had layoffs in a long time you know and so coaching them on how to do it and when to do it don't do it on a friday afternoon you know because people have really difficult times going home and talking to family and and spending that weekend sort of alone so we say you know do it in the middle of the week it's kind of crazy but i mean there are a lot of things that, that help make that process easier But now, you know, you also got to educate them on how does unemployment work and how do you get it? How do you get over the hurdles of, so it's been so difficult in Kentucky, it's unfortunate how um, uh, difficult time the state has had adjusting to the huge demand for the service. But um, you got to think about that. And and a lot of these people, you want to come back. So are you going to take care of them while they're off? because right. you're laying off, but, it, but you hope it won't be permanent. And boy, some people have done some clever things to take care of these people and do it in positive ways so they the people want to come back to work for them.
1: You know, 2020 has seen such a confluence of issues right now. And, and, you know, obviously, it's a politically stressful time in America. Socially, there's a lot of strife, a great division, tough conversations going on. Even wearing masks has become political. Uh, How do companies uh, keep divisive discussions at least under control, or should they keep them out of the workplace?
2: Well, you'd like to keep them uh, at a minimal level as possible. Uh, but it's tough, you know. Gosh, some people are so hard. There's such an argument. This, too bad it's become so political. Masks, no masks. And um, but I mean, when I bring in the experts, I'm doing a call every Monday. I've been doing it for 16 weeks now, uh, with HR people from across the Commonwealth and around the United States. And it's a lot. It's a big, a big group. But I've had the governor on there. I've had the head of unemployment. You know, I've had Andy Barr on, our congressman, several times. Um, a lot of experts from different businesses. And it just keeps coming up. How about these masks? Well, I'll tell you what, there are three ways to defend ourselves against this thing. And one is masks, it's number one. And some people just, oh, I don't need them, they don't work. Well, baloney, let me just say. I had uh, the head of uh, disease control on our call last week from Baptist, a guy named Dr. Mark uh, Doherty. What an expert, been doing this thing for years, has a, his own private practice with 11 doctors. He knows what he's talking about. And he says, Masks are number one, then distance is number two, and keeping a clean environment, keeping your hands clean, your services clean, all that stuff important too. So those three things are what we have to fight this with right now. And so if you throw out the big one and go, I'm not going to wear a mask. Well, then where are you? You know, because those masks really make a difference. People keep on arguing. It doesn't, but they do. The experts say they do.
1: There you go. And a lot of responsibility on uh, on all of us at this point. Lyle Hanna, thank you so much. We appreciate uh, your expertise and uh, uh, some thought starters uh, here on Kentucky Newsmakers. We appreciate it. Hey,
2: thank you for letting me join you. Let's get the word out. I appreciate all you're doing to keep a positive environment going out there. That's really important.
1: Thank you very much. And we hope you'll stay with us here on WKYT. We're coming back with Democratic U.S. Senate candidate Amy McGrath next on Kentucky Newsmakers. We welcome you back to Kentucky Newsmakers. Democratic U.S. Senate nominee Amy McGrath is getting her fall campaign rolling as she challenges Republican Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. After a tough primary, she defeated State Representative Charles Booker. We see from reports that she has the money rolling in to match or maybe even outspend McConnell, who is seeking his seventh six-year term in Washington. Lieutenant Colonel McGrath uh, joining us here on Kentucky Newsmakers. Thank you very much uh, for being with us. We appreciate it. Of course great to be with you congratulations on your nomination after a a hard-fought primary Uh, what are you doing now to uh, try to bring democrats together and uh, unite for the fall
3: well what you saw in the primary was just enormous turnout where people want their voices heard and that's Amazing. Um, we're going to take that and we're going to move forward with that. You know, people want Mitch McConnell to go. So, my message to anyone who voted in the primary, whether they voted for me or uh, any, any of my opponents, is I hear your voice. I hear you. I want change too. And I'll tell you what, what we share is we share this value that we've got to work to make healthcare more affordable and accessible everybody. We've shared this value of of going after the racial injustice that we've seen in this country and in Kentucky. We share these values of uh, making sure that we have good quality jobs and an economy that works for everyone. And at the end of the day, we share this value of, hey, we got to get rid of Mitch McConnell and we got to come together Uh, to do that, and it's going to take all of us to do that. So I'm excited um, to move forward and get started with that.
1: As you know, Senator McConnell has uh, been able to uh, travel the state, and he's been doing that aggressively the last couple of weeks. Talk about money being made available to uh, communities and schools and hospitals through the CARES Act passed by Congress. He says his experience and role in leadership are a significant advantage for Kentucky. How do you counter that as a challenger?
3: Well, you know, his leadership throughout this coronavirus has really been uh, quite pathetic. Um, He is somebody who has championed the slush fund for uh, corporations with no uh, accountability whatsoever, $500 billion slush fund. You know, he's now talking about, uh, all he cares about is liability, protections for corporations and not prioritizing the people of Kentucky and their real needs saying that that state and local governments ought to go or ought to pursue the bankruptcy route you know it's it's really pathetic and then when you look at uh, Kentucky more broadly and the the country you've got to look at this this senator as you know, he had the highest levels of of classification and intelligence. When was the first time he talked about the coronavirus? It wasn't until the stock market crashed. Throughout his history in the Senate, he has tried to defund over and over again the Center for Disease Control, the National Institute of Health, the very parts of our government that would have prevented and mitigated a pandemic all along. And now he's coming in uh, like the, uh, the, the guy riding on the fire truck. Um, trying to put out the fire, where meanwhile you know he was the one that didn't want to pay for the smoke detectors a long time ago. You know, it's it's really a fail. It's a colossal failure in leadership. And and in top of that, he has been unwilling to stand up uh, to the president and been unwilling to call for a national testing plan, which almost every public health official says we need to do to make sure that we can tackle this pandemic so that our economy doesn't get worse. You know, these are the you, things that I wanna talk about.
1: How do you rate the nation's uh, overall uh, response to the, uh, to the COVID-19 pandemic?
3: Well, I think at the federal level, it, it's been uh, a failure. I mean, we as a country have not tackled this at the national level, the way we should have. Um, We have given the responsibility to state and local officials uh, to tackle this pandemic, which is a national pandemic. It's an international pandemic. And then um, under Senator Mitch McConnell who has refused to give the resources to the state and local governments to, to be able to you know, tackle this thing. So, in my mind, we needed to have strong leadership at the top to come up with a national testing plan. To um, go through the checklist, go through the playbook that we were supposed to do. You know, I looked when I was in the Pentagon. I looked at biological weapons and pandemics as you know how would they affect our country. It was one of the things that I did. And one of the things I learned was trust in government was so important, and our federal government response was so important. We we have just failed in so many ways. You know, uh, he, he says
1: it. that that Congress uh, will will take another look. There will be another stimulus bill, and that potentially, or likely, the state and local governments uh, will get some help for their budgets there. But do you share his concerns that Washington may be being asked to bail out bad spending in the past, uh, uh, things like pensions that were underfunded for years uh, here in Kentucky?
3: Well, first of all, I think the next bill, it's an emergency relief bill to make sure that our country doesn't fall into a depression. Um, I think we have to recognize that this coronavirus um, isn't getting better, largely because of the leadership that we have um, in Washington. But beyond that, you know, I, I think that we need to prioritize national testing. I think we need to um, prioritize help for state and local governments. Um, These are the things we need to do in the next bill, and it needs to come quickly. I mean, the fact that we've drug this on for so long is not helping things.
1: Do you believe that uh, schools are going to be in a position to uh, reopen to uh, to, uh, kids actually going to uh, classrooms?
3: I think we have to look on a case-by-case basis. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a mother of three small kids, and I certainly want my children to be safe. I want teachers to be safe. I think we have to ha- come together as a community, um, looking with, with public health officials and teachers and parents, and come up with a plan to do this safely. But I think we all want our children to go back to school if we can do it safely.
1: Lieutenant Colonel McGrath, police have been under uh, scrutiny after uh, high-profile situations like the deaths of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. We know of uh, uh, the unrest there has been, Uh, some calling for uh, defunding police departments, others want to put more into training uh, and recruitment. Uh, What is your approach to improving law enforcement so it is a partner with people?
3: Well, we absolutely have to improve law enforcement. I think all of the um, demonstrations that you've seen, not only in Kentucky, but around the country is a, is a call for leaders to reform. The House, I know the Congressional um, House Black Caucus uh, put together a, a package that was passed in the House that had some teeth uh, that could, could do some, some good things in this area. And in the Senate, of course, what did Mitch McConnell do? He watered it down and would only allow debate on a watered down version of that bill that basically doesn't have any teeth. And this is the standard politics in Washington that people are tired of. What would I focus on? Well, some of those things that are in that Congressional Black Caucus bill, like making sure that police officers have body cameras, you know, across the board. We wouldn't have even known about um, the, the murder of George Floyd and some of these other cases if it weren't for body cameras. I do believe police ought to have better training. I do believe that we need to have independent investigations. Anytime there's a deadly use of force that is controversial, um, we've got to take the in, an investigation and take it out of the hands of the unit and make sure that it's independent. That is so important for communities to know that um, what happened? You, and to be transparent?
1: Do you believe there should be a national standard for police training, or does that remain a, a community by community uh, decision?
3: I think there should be better there should be better training for police officers in this country. And I think that there should be some look uh, from the national level at what some minimum level of required training should be. You know, those of us in the military, you know, we have across the board some minimum level of training. It is important for certain things. And then beyond that, it is specialized per whether you're in the Marine Corps or whether you're in the Army or whether you're in the Navy, it is specialized. And then what unit you're in. And I think that could apply um, to policing in America as well. So, I mean, we can do this. It it is so important for our communities to have uh, a police force that that understands the community, that is respectful, and it's so important for um, our country.
1: All right, no fancy farm. Many festivals and events are canceled, uh, and uh, we know that we'll be reaching out to each other this way in many ways, and I assume the, the campaign will go a lot this way as well as you virtually uh, do some of this campaigning. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Amy McGrath, Democratic nominee for the U.S. Senate. Thank you very much uh, for taking a few minutes to speak
3: with us. You bet. Good to talk with you.
1: We mentioned Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell visited several hospitals throughout the week here in Kentucky. Here's a look from Cynthia He thanked health care workers at Harrison Memorial Hospital. That was the first hospital to treat a COVID-19 patient in Kentucky. He also talked about the CARES Act, mentioning some organizations should not have received money.
3: Uh, Particularly, I was offended because I thought the law clearly prohibited uh, Planned
1: Parenthood, for example. He also, like many leaders, called on Kentuckians to wear masks to protect themselves and others from COVID-19. Each of us as individuals need to take responsibility for doing something that's not that complicated. Wear a mask, practice social distancing, prevent the spread. That's the single best advice we've been given as to how each of us can participate in preventing the spread. Again, the Senate is working on another COVID-19-related relief bill. That is Kentucky Newsmakers. We want to thank you for joining us. Remind you, we'll see you bright and early this week on WKYT This Morning and hope you make it a good week ahead.